Hello everybody and welcome to episode 69 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is... Hello, I'm Chris Vint, and we're here to discuss... Uh, more Doctor Who. More Doctor Who, yes. But more specifically, stuff to do with Patrick Triton. Indeed. Welcome to the second episode of uh, our coming weeks of the 11th Doctor's... 11th Doctors, 11 Doctors even, are uh, dedicated episodes to each specific Doctor and a story that Chris and I have watched together as he rudely interrupts with his phone. Yeah, it's Chris Hill. Blame him. <sighs> disgraceful, Chris. It is disgraceful. But yes, today's episode is going to be dedicated to the second Doctor, Patrick Triton. Now, in our Hartnell episode, we did not tell you which story we were going to watch so I shall let Chris tell you which story it is that we have sat down and enjoyed. Well um, a couple of weeks ago um, they announced that they had recovered two Triton stories uh, one being Web of Fear another one being Enemy of the World um, upon seeing the trailer for it and seeing how beautifully restored they were um, I decided to buy them from iTunes and Alan and I decided to sit down and watch Anywhere the World. Now Alan was consulted as to which one he would like to watch but because of the the main story arc of this one here was one that kind of intrigued well both Alan and myself but this was one that Alan kind of wanted to yes. watch so that's why I would decided to go for that one. Yeah. Um, basically it's a case of there's somebody who called Salamander who looks very much like the second doctor and it's a case of you know mistaken identity and that kind of thing so that's why we decided to go for that exactly so as we were watching this uh, some notes you know bullet points have been taken at sort of some key moments some more plot related moments others more funny mm -hmm. moments well considered episode one was um you saying triton running into the sea and out running the hovercraft Exactly, yes. The first episode opens with um, Patrick Triton's second Doctor. They uh, land the TARDIS on what looks like a hill that's just right beside the beach. Um, so out they come and the Doctor is extremely excited with what is going on. So he runs down the beach, mm -hmm. all excited and he's hopping and he's skipping and he's jumping. So as you know, has been said, uh, you can see where he has influenced the 11th Doctor in that aspect. There's no doubts about that, the uh, sheer energy that flows through him. Yes. Uh, again, he's a very um, facial expression uh, doctor. Oh, totally, because a, a lot of the shots can be like very up-close shots of him like, pulling a mm -hmm. certain face or what have you. And just this opening scene on this beach kind of does just sum it all up in terms of that, you know. Just all these wee quirky expressions that he does, you know, of happiness and all, and then like uh, as Chris uh, said, the whole uh, running into the sea and the beach, mm -hmm. uh, and miraculously um, getting out of his clothes extremely quickly, running in and then coming back out so dry. Is yes, that exactly. But uh, there's obviously there's three guys that have spotted him on the beach. Yes, and think that it's your man salamander yeah uh, another thing was um they ran away from said guys and went up um to where near the tortoises and alan says why didn't they just get in the tortoises right beside them but apparently there was no cover there and that really annoyed alan <laughs> so it no it was just a case of that uh the tortoise was parked on what looked like a dune and 
the distance that they had the camera that made it look like the companions were watching Triton run down on the beach. It just looked like it was right in the hill, you know, no distance. Yet apparently it was too far out of cover for them to run back to, which seemed to be a bit weird to me, but yes. you know, not not a real biggie anyway at the end of the day. Um <coughs> so the doctor, um, Victoria and Jamie um, are kind of rescued by this woman and she takes she's been shot on her arm and go to her apartment and then the security guys start coming in and one of them's near window and his uh, cohort uh, shoots him by accident. I know it's great accuracy of shooting here um, that, that whole sort of sequence with the you know with those guys was really really weird because they ran about so strange yeah, and the, they hopped about like yeah, frogs frogs and, and crabs yeah everything like that. It's very odd and then of course of uh, after they've accidentally shot their cohort they decide alright oh, what we're going to do is we're going to try and chase after them and follow them so what we're going to do is we're going to steal the helicopter that uh, the doctor and crew were rescued in earlier but it had been shot by them so they the second they're up in the air in the helicopter uh, the girl just goes it's going to explode and it exploded yeah Alan predicted it before they even whenever they were going to get in it was going to blow up and breaking news that in 2018 we've had the blu-ray and hd dvd um wore a video wire um is coming 2018 i cannot wait for video wire does uh, that mean we're gonna have to buy like star wars and all again yep on video wire yep so on um, we also find out that the uh, salamander is mexican indeed salamander is mexican and uh, it is quite a interesting accent um I think Triton did a reasonably good job on oh, the yeah. accent front. Yeah, you know, yeah. yes, it wouldn't be you would never consider it the best in the world, but for the job that he's having to do in this episode in terms of uh, pulling uh, double duty mm-hmm. for it is fantastic. And throughout this whole story, you would definitely say he's primarily as salamander. Yes, pretty there's, much. There's yeah. a lot less of a doctor stuff yeah. in this. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of gives him a better scope, that kind of thing. So in episode two, we um, there's a moment where for the doctor um, is on the phone with your fella whose name escapes me, um, Kent, um, and uh, they're t- uh, he's kind of got his hand over the receiver, and uh, your woman says that we're making we're meeting at a, a disused jetty, and the doctor goes yeti. And he goes, no, Jetty. So it was a nice throwback uh-huh. to one of his earlier um, episodes there. Um, we then find Jimmy working for Salamander. And then we see a woman called... For, I can't say... What was her name? Faria. Yes, right, okay. Um Who I said that I recognised and I could not place where she was from. And if you're in the UK and you used to watch a TV show called Desmond's to do with a barber shop, that was actually Desmond's wife was um the lady who played Freya. Um so there wasn't really much going on on episode two. Basically in episode two, um you know, the whole thing was the setup was of the companions getting kind of in undercover. Yeah. Cause to um, try and Victoria worked find in the kitchen and Jimmy worked as security for Salamander. And of course this girl that Freya that's the like salamander's food taster yeah to make sure he's not getting poison or anything 
when uh, Victoria's on her own, she tries to warn her to get out. You know, don't get involved. That's in episode three. So Sorry, oh, it's that episode three. Victoria senses Salamander is evil after she's told to get away from the place by Faria. So Faria goes, "Get away from here!" And then she goes to Jimmy. I sense that Salamander is evil, and you're like, "You've just been told that, love." I know you've just been told by Faria. You mm. know that uh, you don't want to get involved in Salamander's business. So. Yes, I think it's fair to say at this moment in time we would have guessed that he was indeed a reasonably evil individual. Mm. And uh, Kent is obviously outside the lines of where the boundary is and uh, the security guard comes over and tells him to move and he says, no, no, we'll make you move. And the intimidation... And and you're, you know, if, if you were in, you know, your rightful frame of mind and if someone had come up to you like that and said okay well we're going to make you and intimidate you to want to go what would you think they would do probably beat you up or something like that yeah no what they decide to do everybody is this one uh, guard that is with the guy that has come to uh, kind of ward Kent away um, just decides to start breaking all the plates and the cups and all the cutlery you know it's it's pretty weird intimidation factor if I do say so yes it is and it worked for me I wouldn't have gone there I know don't break my plates no no so episode 4 was whenever they said about Faria um, both Anna and I at the start go Faria and um, <laughs> just made ourselves chuckle um, so Faria has proof about Salamander um, but there is a shoot to order kill and Faria sadly Gets dies killed. With, um, a, with an amazing invisible bullet yes exactly no blood no nothing no blood um, and then Salamander is in uh, a room and it's got like a big, t- uh, like a, a lift almost down to the bottom. And the most annoying buzzer in the world. Yes, it really was annoying. And You um, initially thought it was a rocket though, didn't you? Yes, I did. Um, but it was kind of just like to take him down to the, the bottom because there's people down there who are making all the natural disasters happen, whether it be a volcano and things like that but he tells him that there's radiation up the top and he's been exposed to radiation yeah. and he's weak and stuff he's he's convincing them you know they've been down here for a number of years now yeah because he states about uh you know when you originally came down here there's a couple and he's like you know you were teenagers yeah so he's convincing that trying to convince them that you know he's going up to the surface you know for their goodness you know to save them from being exposed to the radiation to get them the food and supplies that they need to live down here mm-hmm. so they're kind of you know kind of his mindless guinea pigs down there creating these natural disasters that he says will help the world yeah. so but there is a small number of people there's one particular guy that is wanting to go up to the surface with him mm-hmm. and then another one of the guys eventually gets given the opportunity to go up yeah with him and the other guy who wanted to go up kind of got freaked out and was like why didn't I get chosen um, which leads us towards our cliffhanger for this episode well that was for that was whenever um, the radiation poisoned salamander yeah. but is he faking because he's kind of sitting up yes. there with a cigar and everything exactly um, so as you're saying like in episode 5 salamander is then portrayed by Bruce who's kind of like his cohort yes. so to speak um because the doctor's kind of saying stuff to him about um, you know about Salamander and you have more questions than answers but um, the doctor says to Bruce that he is honest and reasonable so says the doctor yes um, he was a very good character for me during he this he was yeah um, so Swan is the guy who goes up to the surface yes. with the doctor 
and uh, they're in the cave and sorry um, you mean Swan went up with Salamander Salamander sorry and um, there's no radiation and um, Salamander keeps kind of putting him on the long finger yeah. and says oh no there's no radiation here, here it's yeah. a wee bit further along and he sa- and Swan's going but could have you not brought people up here before and all that sort of something and Salamander's trying to go well I have brought people up here before and they've never come back Yeah. and he keeps getting asked questions and questions by Swan you know like where's that going it's like oh that's a dead end to sleep there Yeah. and he kind of Salamander keeps trying to give him opportunities to back out Yeah. he doesn't Salamander keeps putting me in mind that he didn't want to have to kill him no it's kind of a case of you know like it's just a necessary evil yeah. you know like but obviously him. Swan keeps pushing on and uh, our kind of ending to this episode was he's got clocked around the back of the head yeah but he's like the you know like he's he gets outside yeah. outside and then your woman finds him and said like a man called salamander did this and so they're on they're inside the cave but the um, jamie and victoria are in a room and bruce comes in with um with Salamander mm-hmm. and Salamander starts talking to them both and they start giving back and start you know arguing with them and then Victoria goes to hit him and it's the doctor and the doctor mm-hmm. says oh Victoria don't hit me because they've the because they believe it's, it's Salamander mm-hmm. it's to try and show Bruce that truth. you know like the truth and I think I think personally for me that was one of the best scenes in the whole yeah arc because you know, we we're like, oh, we, you know, we kind of saw it coming. We were like, oh, wait, this is, you know, this is going to be the doctor with your man Bruce because, you know, he was gearing the doctor up to go and pose as Salamander. Mm-hmm. So, and just to see that scene where, um, the doctor has the companions on kind of the edge and they're spilling, you know, their guts of the truth, so to say. Yeah. And then just the second, like you say, that he goes to get slapped and he's like, oh, no, 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 it's me, it's me, it's me, you know. The way he can just flip and change the character is brilliant. So with episode six, we find out that Iman, Giles, Kent um, and Salamander are in cahoots, that basically the um, underground thing was a big lair. And as you said, they were their guinea pigs, you know, to make sure that it was actually being able to, to work. And you kind of see them come to an end, you know, Salamander and um, Giles Kent, um, whenever they're walking along, and Salamander just keeps laughing and shooting and eventually kills Giles. And then Giles tries to kill them all. Yeah, so. But, um, uh, is unsuccessful in that aspect. Yeah, so he then. Kills himself, really. Then we kind of come to the end of the entire story, um, wherever the doctor is stumbling across and he's hurt his head. And Jamie finds him because uh, Jamie and um, Victoria are inside the TARDIS, and tells him, you know, like, right, come on, then, Doctor, we need to get, we should go now. And the Doctor kind of points to Jamie and tells him, come here, and pilot it. The Jamie says, but Doctor, you've told us you've never, never to told. It. And you hear, that's right, Jamie, I did. So it's Salamander and the Doctor have a face off, which is another amazing. Just, it's. It was kind of one of the scenes I was waiting for, mm. just to see how they did it yeah. in the past. And it, see, to be honest, it didn't look out of place at all. No, it didn't. You know, it for didn't. for the technology that would have been available when this was originally um, airing. And it was just a case of the TARDIS takes off, the doors still open, and Salamander drops through the doors in the space, and that's where it ends. Pretty much, it kind of caught us off guard. The end. Yeah, it's almost like have they have they lost an episode? I think, or? Do you know what I think it's what's caught us out about the end of the episode was. 
because I was like, wait, I have to double check what's going on here. I think what has caught us out is because we're so used to when the, the TARDIS takes off nowadays uh-huh. that and we automatically we automatically assume that the doors are shut, everything's secure, nothing yeah. can happen in that aspect. So when the TARDIS takes off, that's it. Yeah. Whereas we completely didn't realise the fact that and it's you know, you've seen it in classic Doctor Who episodes where they have used a button to close the doors mm-hmm. before the takeoff. Yeah. So we should have seen it coming, but we were kind of just caught off guard a wee bit. But as you say, the TARDIS takes off and uh, Salamander gets sucked out into uh, time and space, basically the vortex. And, man. Uh, and meets his end. Yeah. So he does. And that was that. And that was that for the anime of the world. What do you think on the whole of uh, the series of episodes? I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I wasn't sitting there playing any games on my iPad or anything, uh-huh. you know. But uh, no, I enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was good. It's probably one that I could go back to and watch again. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, but um, I th- I find that with certain six episode ones, it's kind of you know sometimes you go like you could have dropped that and made it four episodes, but definitely. Know. Now, don't get me wrong, I did enjoy it, but I do agree with you. I do think this could have worked as a four because. Mm-hmm. Kind of that sort of stuff that was going on, and that sort of the second and third, yeah, sort of episode could have easily been combined, yeah. So it could together the sort of the whole infiltrating of the house and uh, the guy who was in charge of uh, the European zone getting murdered and yeah. stuff. That sort of that all that wee bit just felt a bit like filler to me, yeah. But um, I really enjoyed. Triton's portrayal, I, I, both the I, Doctor I, and Simon. I would I would say that it's probably one of the. Um, best Triton stories that I've seen yeah. and certainly I'm really really glad and happy that they actually recovered this one yes it know? is it's a fantastic one for them to have uh, you know on file now for the future and then if they won't watch one with Colonel Lethbridge Stewart yes not Brigadier yes he hadn't been promoted no. yet no so I'm looking forward but, to watching um, that one how you know considering so far right we've sat down I know we've all seen our various classical doctors stories and stuff but we'll see of our opinions as you know to who we've enjoyed the most you know come the end yeah but out of who we've seen so far between Hartnell and Triton who did you enjoy the most or do they both have their own weak quirks that you both enjoyed they both enjoy, uh, have their same weak quirks but it was the case of you know with the first one with Aztecs obviously that was quite doctor heavy yes whereas this one here is very salamander heavy yes you know like so um, I did enjoy both portrayals of them but I I would have to say that for me you know like the Triton one that we just watched um, I just found if that ending hadn't been as abrupt Mm -hmm. I would have said that that was ten times better Mm -hmm. but because of the ending it was kind of a case of I enjoyed the Aztecs more I did enjoy this one don't get me wrong and I will rewatch it but it's just for me the ending of it was um, left me with a bit of a puzzle yeah you know I I, I definitely agree the the ending kind of just threw everything on us Um, I think I enjoyed this maybe a wee bit more than Aztecs because again maybe down to the whole quality quality of it yeah. yeah you know the fact that when we watched Aztecs the quality of it really you can tell it hadn't had work done on it whereas this has had such work done on it by mm-hmm. the uh, in-house team at BBC it's ridiculous it really for a black and white uh, episode of the show it really was phenomenal there was no silly lines going across the screen no. or anything like that it, Beautifully was, done. it was crisp as anything you really it you makes really, me if someone had made a flipping 
uh, black and white, you know, four three aspect ratio. Well, sorry, it wasn't even four three aspect ratio. It was Aztecs was four three. Yeah. You know, this was properly filling a widescreen TV and everything. It was absolutely beautiful. Funny thing is, is that with these here coming out now, obviously they're releasing these in DVD. I wonder if they've brought it up to such a good standard that they'll do it with all of them, and for the fiftieth they'll re-release. You know, say box sets. We've seen like box sets of the Blu-ray for the likes of Tenant yes. and Eccleston and Smith. I would have loved to see a box set. It for would the be likes such of smart marketing on the BBC oh, to do that, wouldn't it? That they would just release, right, here's a box set for all the Hartnell stuff we'll have. Here's the box set for all the Triton stuff we'll have. You know, all the Tom Baker stuff, all the Pertwee stuff. And mind you, not that you really needed a great deal. <laughs> no. You have all the Pertwee stuff. And, you know, or here's all the Davison stuff, all in just one box set. Here's all the Colin Baker stuff, which will, you know, fill the shelves. <laughs> oh, you're cruel. It's gonna, that's going to be an interesting episode in the next few. Like, anyway. It is, but apparently that's um, the one we're watching is actually Baker's. I'm not saying this because... I'm, I can't really judge Tom ba- or Colin Baker sorry, because I haven't really watched that many of yeah. them. I've watched a couple of stories, but the one we're watching is his most popular story. But we'll, we'll let you surmise which one that is. Yep. But, um, yeah, definitely really enjoyed... Uh, Triton's acting full stop end of story mm-hmm. whether as the Doctor or Salamander it was nice if you've to got, see the contrast if you've got somebody who is a Doctor Who fan and you're struggling to know what to get them for Christmas this is the ideal DVD for them because they'll, unless they bought it themselves they would not have seen this until the original broadcast or unless they bought it on iTunes themselves mm-hmm. well what has it been like 45 years or something 45 since years yeah for this or ridiculous. Web of Terror so Enemy of the World and, or Web of Terror um, they're the two you can go for definitely definitely worth uh, checking it out um, one kind of other thing I'm going to say right in comparison uh, we talked about in our Aztecs episode the companions see this is what I'm going to like that with these you know like as we go on we'll start comparing yes you know because it'll be fresh in our minds you know like last week we did mm-hmm. this so we take that from that and we'll yeah. put that together companion wise um, what's your opinions in comparison um when it comes to the male companions, I've actually enjoyed both the both male, male companions. companions. Have been very enjoyable. You know, so for me, it seems to be the male companions get less strong, um, and the female companions get stronger. Yes, because I didn't like Victoria. Victoria was too whiny for me, yeah. and I didn't like Susan or really Barbara from the last from the mm-hmm. Hartnell one. So, but I would rate. Barbara over Victoria. Oh, I would, I would definitely do that because yeah. Barbara seemed to be, um, you know, like she wouldn't take she any. Wasn't, you know, she was. You could see when you know Hartnell had been, you know, shouting at her for trying to change. She wasn't immature. Yeah, like she didn't. Other. She didn't go and cry in the corner. But you yeah. could see at least she was a wee bit emotional. And yeah. She was like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but she didn't overplay it. Whereas exactly Victoria it. seemed very much the sort of. Oh, doctor, you won't do that, or we won't do that, or we yeah. have to go back, or we have to do that. And you know, like she like, gets, she gets asked about you know running to the chopper. She's like, I can't run. And she's like, it's like six, like, six foot over there, love. I'll throw you then if you want, it's or I'll like, carry you. She gets dragged by Jamie. Yeah, it's like, come on, grab this scruff. Um, but no, um, and then obviously we'll move on to the third doctor. So will it be Liz Shaw? Will it be Joe Grant? Will it be Sarah Jane? You've got some strong companions there, so it'll be interesting to and see we've what got we say. The, and we've got the John Pertwee expert here as well, so and, we have. And we'll have some other people perhaps making an appearance, who knows? Because <laughs> that was one thing about the Pertwee era, was that it was, certainly was chock-a-block with people that could appear in it. It's magical. It is. 
But uh, is that going to do it for this one? That'll do it for this one because it's been near enough half an hour. So, um, yeah, so join us next time whenever either we'll be talking or I'll be talking. And uh, I'll come yeah, I would agree. Um, about John Pertwee. And again, <laughs> we're going to keep in the dark about what story we're going to do. There's certainly a lot of John Pertwee ones. But what we'd like you to do as well and I obviously wish you said that's the first one but going forward if you are listening to this so if you're like to say Michael Yassi who's listening probably hey, Mike. Um, or whoever is a Doctor Who fan um, you can certainly grab us on Twitter at Retroshock316 or um, Facebook.com Operation Retroshock or you can send us an email vento316 at gmail.com or Alan Price at OperationRetroshock.co.uk yeah so let us know you know like if you've seen this, uh, that um, story that we've covered or is there one that you would recommend us to watch you know Tomb of the Cybermen obviously um, was a big one or the Mind Robber um, which are two that spring to mind for um, Patrick Triton. So let us know. Um, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear your thoughts on this here. And um, whether we've chosen the right one or not, but because this hadn't been seen for 45 years, we thought that we would give it a watch. Um, and it was definitely worthwhile. It was indeed, yes. Um, it's good to have it back in the archives for sure. That is correct. But, uh, yep, that's going to be our uh, Patrick Triton episode, episode 69 of Operation Retroshock. So uh, we will be seeing you uh, next time for some John Pertwee in episode 70. So, uh, as always, I've been Alan Price, he's been Chris Vint, and uh, we shall see you then. I'm going to go and get my cravat out. You have a cravat? I have a cravat, for, just for the occasion. Awesome, I cannot wait. He's going to be Austin Powers here. Good evening, Alan. Good evening. Hi-ya!